Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Show. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL broadcaster and analyst. We are coming at you live one more time from Audi Fields. In a little bit of a dungeon room, in a little bit of a radio room, who knows who can tell? Maybe you can. But we are so excited to discuss the NWSL Championship Final. Today's recap is presented by Delta Airlines, the official airline of the National Women's Soccer League. Keep climbing. I am so thrilled to be here with you, Sandra. We have been all over Audi today. I mean, you name it, we were in that part of the stadium, whether it's outside at FanFest, in the press box, on the field pregame, in the the concourse, um, on the far end of the field, on the near end of the field. Now we're back in our, um, our, our home away from home in this radio booth where we did our live show on Thursday night previewing this incredible match. And now we're back here. Um, we've adjusted the lighting a little bit. Hopefully it's, it's less dungeony for the people joining us live on YouTube. Welcome in. We're so thrilled to have everyone here. If if you're joining us live on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to the Attacking Third YouTube page, and then drop questions and comments in the chat because we really want to interact with you. We we got to interact with a lot of fans oh, yeah. live today during the Fan Fest and answer their questions. And now we want to do that with everyone that's joining us from home. If you were at Fan Fest today, give us a shout. Let us know that that you said hi to us and that you saw us. Um, but any questions you have, because hey, this is this is a great match that we get to chat about you like it i love it we try to make the best of the situation wherever we are quite frankly look we're just staying on theme we love a good theme it's halloween weekend (laughs) we got the spooky vibes going on in here got my party hat on let's keep it it wouldn't be an attacking third episode without a hat from sandra it was time it was time and all of the uh, episodes that we've been doing right we've been rocking our best blazers we've been getting out there with the people and i said you know what for the recap, we gotta we gotta come correct, and I gotta put my party hat back on uh, because it's really it's it's feeling like that, right? Despite there being a winner and a loser going home uh, off of the uh, off the pitch here, it's really been a celebration of events throughout this mm-hmm. entire week leading up to the NWL Championship Final, and I'm so happy to be closing it out with you, my buddy, my pal, my homie. Live with the audience here. Like Lisa said, if you're in the chat, we want to hear from you. Let's have fun with it. Let me get some eyeball emojis in the chat if you can actually see us. Appreciate that. Appreciate the interaction as always. Uh, But you're here for the recap. So let's chat a little bit and react to what we just witnessed in this NWSL Championship Final 10th anniversary for the league. Portland Thorns versus Mm -hmm. Kansas City Current. Portland Thorns are winners of the NWSL Championship final, their third championship in franchise history, 2-0. to zero. The final scoreline in this one, Sophia Smith netting ultimately the game winner, a go-ahead goal provided the insurance by way of own goal in this one. Lisa, hit me with some of your first reactions. I am so thrilled for Portland Thorns. Um, the fact that this club has spent so many years on top and most recently – uh, they've they've fallen short of making the NWSL championship, of, of lifting that trophy at the end of it. And they do it tonight for the third time in club history, the first time since 2018. You look at the the roster that Rian Wilkinson has put together in her first year at the helm of Portland, which taken over by 
Mark Parsons, uh, a coach that did a really good job with this Portland side. And how was Rian Wilkinson going to respond this year? What changes were she going to make? What changes were the players going to have positive reactions about, have negative feedback about? And, and on all fronts, it's a positive day for this Portland Thornton side, especially one Sophia Smith, the league MVP. She was awarded that just a few days ago. Tonight, she gets to lift another MVP award as the championship match MVP. And it's so, so well-deserved for the 22-year-old. Um, watching her play tonight, watching her lift the trophy at the end and just say to her teammates, I love you guys. Uh, I'm doing this for you. I wouldn't be here without you um, is very special to watch this, this Portland side. I think that's the key word there. You can't say it any better. I think we are all quite, quite frankly witnessing something very special in this new era of NWSL. We've got Sophia Smith really being the face of that new era moving yes. forward as, as we look ahead to potentially the next decade of existence of NWSL action. I, I can't help but think that this is the night in which Sophia Smith has just sort of marked her arrival and this next era to come. Uh, we're going to talk about all the action that we saw, but let's start with the starting 11s. Lisa, when we saw these starting 11s drop, whether it was for Portland or Kansas City, did anything surprise you? Did anything maybe catch you off guard when you saw the head coaches starting 11s? Not surprising at all what Matt Potter and Kansas City rolled out with. It's a very similar lineup that we've seen um, the last match and, and most consistently uh, with the exception of Lavogé, who is injured and no, no longer available for Matt Potter. But on the, the Portland side, Christine Sinclair, she got the start tonight. She did not start the semifinal match for Portland against San Diego. Instead, um, it was Hina Sugita tonight. Those two swapped. Sugita started on the bench and Christine Sinclair was awarded the start. And, and you and I had talked about that. If Sinclair was going to start, what Rian Wilkinson was going to do uh, with the 11 to put out on the pitch, because she has reiterated a number of times that there are 16, 17 players that could be starters for this Portland side. And it's incredibly difficult. It's one of the most difficult decisions that Wilkinson has to make as a coach who is going to start and giving Christine Sinclair, the nod tonight in the, the starting 11 was the right decision. When you look at the pedigree of this player, what she was able to do um, her veteran leadership, she played in the very first NWSL championship in 2013 with Portland Thorns, and she does it again on the 10th year anniversary of the league in the ninth NWSL championship, the fourth one for Portland Thorns, and they raised the trophy for the third time. But it's so much of what Sinclair can do on the pitch and how influential she is in the game. And, and working in tandem alongside Sophia Smith, I love that partnership of, of youth and so much veteran experience. Uh, Sinclair almost lets Soph run. Let's yeah. her have a lot of freedom to, to move without the ball. But Sinclair will occupy the space. She'll control the ball. She dictates a lot of the tempo of the match. And we saw that tonight for Portland. So that was the biggest thing for me when the starting lineups dropped, that Sinclair was getting the start. I loved to see the switch up. I thought for a second there, maybe you don't go ahead and try to fix something that doesn't need fixing. But it's a little bit of a well-oiled machine, I think, yeah. at this point 
for, for Wilkinson and the Thorns. We talked a little bit about the depth of this Thorns bench ultimately being that X factor that will prob that would probably be one of those uh, factors to kind of come out and the positive end of things for this Portland Thorns side. I'm with you 100% on Christine Sinclair and her role this evening in that middle third. I think we have to really start there in terms of the keys to the victory for Portland in this match. We're talking about Sinclair, the rookie Sam Coffey, two players on opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of the level of the, the area of their career at this moment, but also Rocky Rodriguez. These This trio of thorns in this game tonight were just eating up that entire middle third of the pitch. You could just see them absolutely set the tone for this thorns team throughout the match. When this match unfolded uh, after the first 10 minutes, let's say. Sophia Smith getting the opening goal in, in the first five minutes. Um, it was still hectic. There wasn't a lot of momentum in this moment. It was a mistake by Kansas City. Elizabeth Ball and, and Smith capitalizes on it. But as this game unfolded, Portland had so much time and so much space with the ball. Kansas City was dropped back so defensively with five in their back line with the outside wingbacks, Mace, and Del Fava really slotting into that back line, which opened up a lot of space centrally. Sometimes we've seen teams that have so much space in the midfield not know what to do with it. Teams are a little bit better under pressure when they they understand where the spaces are, where their opponents aren't sitting in, how to sit in between the lines and pop off of defenders. But when Portland had so much time and space, they were gobbling it up, just eating every single yard that Kansas City was giving them. and. Kansas City was giving them a lot of yards and a lot of space. And when you look at the midfield with Rocky Rodriguez, Christine Sinclair, Sam Coffey, those are players you cannot give space to. And they had so much time and so much space on the ball to dictate the play, to find Sophia Smith, who also had a lot of time and space when she did receive the ball popping off of the back line. Because Kansas City was sitting back so defensively, the space in front of them was wide open, wide open. And then you look at players on the width, someone like a Yasmin Ryan, a Klingenberg, a Quika that occupied the flanks areas and were able to just dominate in those spaces, cut inside. I was, I mean, Yasmin Ryan was so impressive from this Portland side tonight. Yeah, I think a little bit about the previewing that we have been doing ahead of this match. And again, talking about the depth of this team as being a, the X factor going into this game, talking a lot about Sophia Smith and the caliber of player that she is uh, introducing herself to many new eyes right on the NWSL. Uh, but I think that also includes somebody like a Yasmin Ryan. We saw such a strong game from this player. This is a player that continued to make Coach Wilkinson's job harder. Yeah. We really saw her bring it on in the second half of this regular season for Portland Thorns. We saw her step up in the absence of so many international players making their departures from the Thorns, whether it was a Christine Sinclair for Canada, somebody like a Sophia Smith for the United States women's national team uh, as they went off to, to go and punch their ticket 
to the World Cup in CONCACAF qualifying. And you had these stretches of weeks in NWSL in which there was opportunity Mm -hmm. for depth players. And we saw Yasmin Ryan produce and produce and produce for this thorn side, which makes the coaching staff's job even harder when you do have those regular stars returning to your roster. And we heard from Wilkinson this week in the lead up to the final that the hardest part of her job is finalizing starting 11s. So I would say that perhaps that, uh, that was maybe my biggest, most pleasant surprise. I love seeing Ryan included in that starting mm-hmm. 11 once more for the Thorns in this final and was a huge factor yeah. in this game. You had Sophia Smith getting that dazzling opening goal, finding herself 1v1 against French. But then this this own goal really generated dagger. by Ryan. I mean, a dagger in Kansas City's side, but it was all Yasmin Ryan. I mean, there's so many moments when Ryan found herself on the ball and and had options and chose to go it herself. And that confidence we did not see in 2021. We didn't even see it at the beginning of the year for Portland. And Rian Wilkinson has been so high on Ryan and giving her an opportunity during international windows throughout the summer. And now to give her the start in this championship match, I think was so well-deserved for a player like Ryan and her confidence showed she was taking shots. She was taking opportunities and she forced the own goal. That would be the insurance for Portland coming late in this match um, in the 56th minute, Ryan driving down the end line, sending a dangerous cross into the box and just forcing Addison Merrick for Kansas city uh, to hit the ball into 80 French. And then it finds the back of the net. Um, It, so deserved from a player like Yasmeen Ryan. If she doesn't get the goal, at least it's credited to her to be a forced own goal because it it was tremendous to watch this type of player um, just exude so much confidence and happiness. You know, at that point, they already have that one goal lead going mm-hmm. into halftime. And then we see, uh, you know, the, the front line, yeah, Ryan specifically helping generate and that forced own goal, but they went into halftime with the lead. They never were playing from behind in this point. I mean, and like four minutes. It Sandra. was early <laughs> on. We got to talk about this goal. We can't just sort of say like, hey, it was an early lead. We got to talk about this sort of dagger-like caliber goal. Because look, the way the scoreline ends, if they don't get that go-ahead goal, they still win this game based on this ridiculous piece of individual brilliance by Sophia Smith. This was a huge opening moment for Portland and for Sophia Smith. The the high press from Portland is something that they have been really good at all year and has made Portland incredibly dangerous. Sophia Smith, 14 goals on the year, and she's gotten a majority of them in moments like that. When she is high pressing, she's steering the defensive ship right from the start in the counter press for the Thorns, and that's exactly what she does. She forces Kansas City to play the ball back and in behind them. Then it's Elizabeth Ball. She ends up slipping as this ball is played back to French, and it's not a hard pass. It's not well done. It's it's really it's a mistake on Elizabeth's ball part. And from there, Sophia Smith is able to just textbook 1v1 against AD French, takes the touch to the left, and then finishes it. Um, even the celebration 
of Sophia You know we got to talk. That's, that's exactly why I'm bringing up this goal so that we could talk about it just a little bit more by Sophia Smith. Look, when we started this episode, I said I got my party hat on. Of course, it's a Chicago hat. And you know when Sophia Smith scored this goal and hit this entire audience, both at Audi Field and live on CBS, I my little Chicago heart skipped a beat. I loved the Jordan shrug. No better celebration for the young goat in Sophia Smith absolutely iconic and that was something that we were having a little bit of fun with Mm -hmm. lisa we were talking about what kind of goal celebrations might we see in this match but it was all thorns with all the goals and sophia smith again presenting an iconic goal celly you love to see it it was almost like too easy for sophia smith she gives the shrug and she just celebrates and it was like what minutes before the nwsl was able to take that shrug put it on their twitter um i, I love the, the combination of of the fans the league the atmosphere that was happening but this really set the tone and uh, after that moment when sophia smith gets that opening goal in the first five minutes um Kansas City gets a taste of their own medicine. This is a KC side that had done that to the two previous teams that they had played in Houston and then against um, OL Reign most recently. And now that was them. It was how Kansas City responded that wasn't as, as positive as they wanted. I think they were stunned and shocked that it had happened so early. And Portland had the, the pressure on, but it ends up being a mistake from Kansas City that gives Sophia Smith this opening goal. I love it. You like it. I love it. It absolutely provided a little bit of that extra oomph for this Portland Thorns team to go up so early in this game. And it was a struggle. We could see it was a visible struggle for Kansas City Current to keep chasing this game. So from so early on from conceding that goal, we're going to chat a little bit about what went right, what went wrong for Kansas City Current. Because there was a whole other team in this championship final. we got to show them a little bit of love and conclude their season as well. We're going to do that right after a quick break. At Attacking Third on CBS Sports, we're committed to bringing you the best of a be- the best from around the National Women's Soccer League. And we can't do that without being able to travel to get the stories you all enjoy. But the best stories aren't the ones we tell you. They're the ones that you live. Meeting people in person, facing challenges, face-to-face, getting out of your hometown and out of your comfort zone. Delta knows how important it is to see a different point of view from a different point of view. So for those who want their own story to tell, Delta Airlines has a world full of places to start. Delta Airlines, the official airline of the National Women's Soccer League. Shout out to Delta. Probably flew a lot of folks here. Look, it was crowded in this NWSL championship final tonight. It was a great hosted final by the D.C. area. And we've been talking a lot about everything building up to this. And one of those things were all the conversations that we have been having with so many folks. And that includes people from D.C., part of the host city, but also people who were coming into into this city to celebrate the biggest game in NWSL, right, at the end of the year. So it was great to sort of see everybody and chat with everybody about that. So, uh, yeah, of course, we're going to show Delta some love as well because they absolutely had a role in that. They sure did. We're so happy to be here because of Delta. Thanks, Delta. 
Shout out to you guys. Thanks to everyone who came, who supported. Uh, we saw you at the Fan Fest, at Audi, uh, wearing your gear as well. I mean, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, all the teal, all the black and red, a lot of Washington Spirit jerseys today in the, in the stands. Some Gotham, a lot of Gotham, actually. Everybody was repping. I like yeah. that. Coming to the final and repping your set, no matter if they were here or not. But it is over, and we're talking about the recap of this night. And you know what? There's going to be folks who are heading home. Maybe they're booking a flight. Maybe they need to get a flight out of here. Speaking of going home, Kansas City is the team that is unfortunately going home, finishing as runner-ups in the NWSL Championship final. Lisa, we made some picks in this game. I ended up going with Portland. You went with Kansas City. You let's don't talk have to rub it in. Let's talk. I just want to talk a little bit about what went wrong. I know you were you were paying attention to this team, and it sort of felt like any so you were like, okay, any second now they're gonna wake up and turn it on. That was it. They, they were sleeping. They needed to wake up. I, I think I had a I had high expectations and high hopes for this Kansas City side because of everything that they had been through up until this point, the adversity they had faced. Uh, you think back to the signing of Sam Lewis and Lynn Williams, um, the welcoming in of Matt Potter, a great coach that had a lot of expectations on him. The, the longs that were doing so much with this team, bringing in the practice facility, building the first NWSL specific soccer stadium in Kansas city and the pedigree of this team then they lose Sam Lewis and Lynn Williams. And they're without those players due to injury. And with some of the other issues happening in terms of um, the, the challenges that Kansas City faced and then going on an unbeaten streak throughout the middle of this season, only two losses in Kansas City's last 19 matches heading into this game. I, I had more for Kansas City coming yeah. into this one. Just because of the players, the belief in themselves, they, they were so proud of how they got to this point and, and continuing to move on. But it, it did not translate to this large stage tonight in the NWSL Championship. Kansas City was um, asleep. They were stunned it, and paralyzed after that opening goal from Sophia Smith. This team could not respond in a manner that they wanted to. I think that Portland did a really, really good job of utilizing the space in the wide areas of the field with Klingenberg and Quika pushing up so high with Ryan Weaver and Smith pressed up against Kansas City's back line. It forced the wingbacks for Matt Potter's side in Delfava and Mace to drop into the back. So uh, throughout the year, we've seen Kansas City rotate when formation when they're in and out of possession, uh, at possession of the ball, excuse me. With possession of it, it's a 3-5-3, and they have great movement off the ball. Out of possession, they drop five in the back. And because of that, dropping five with Delfava and Mace as those outside wing backs sliding into the back line, it opened up so much space in the midfield. And because they were having to do so much defensive work, Kansas City against Portland, it gave so much space to Portland. So then when Kansas City got the ball, what they usually do is go so quickly in transition. But there was no support for players like Hamilton, Labonta, Kaiser up top because Mace and Delfava were pushed so far back. And it was a rut that Kansas City could just not get out of. You saw, we saw the struggle uh, for Kansas City tonight. We we started the top of this episode specifically within that middle third mm -hmm. and how difficult it was for Kansas City to try to 
generate anything anywhere yeah. at times, whether it was uh, up the middle or outside in the wide areas, just unable to really capitalize and unclear at times what exactly the game plan was for this Kansas City side. Um, an incredible journey to this point. I think that is absolutely something to be celebrated. And this is a team and a franchise when we did our way too early predictions in December of 2021 that we had high hopes for yeah. coming into this 2022 season. We liked everything that we had been hearing and seeing out of this organization in terms of the player acquisitions that they were making, in terms of the strides that they were making for women's soccer in Kansas City. We're talk we've been talking endlessly about their training facility mm -hmm. coming to light. You mentioned the uh, NWSL specific stadium that has just broken ground and will come forth in 2024. That is the goal. So it's like endless investment that we constantly hear about. And you can point to that and see this sort of direct line from investment to these players where they are just able to focus on being professional soccer players. And we saw them go out there, go on an incredible undefeated streak in the regular season, which is so difficult to do yeah. in this league. And then make their way not only to the postseason, but to the NWSL championship final coming up just short against Portland and maybe a little bit of a team that has been in this position before mm -hmm. versus a team that has not. That's that's a scenario that isn't too uncommon at times in this NWSL championship final. Sometimes mm -hmm. you see the team that has been there once or twice, perhaps come out with a game plan or not even with a game plan, come out with a certain level of energy that is expected for a final like this. So un unfortunate to, to have it come to an end like that, but incredible, incredible season for Kansas city. It, it really was. I mean, uh, fun to watch this team throughout this year and, and having these expectations heading into <clears throat> this match, it, you, you touched on a little bit of the game plan for Kansas city. And so many times we hear coaches and teams say, we're going to really focus on our game. We're really going to focus on what we do well and making sure that's correct. Rian Wilkinson, Portland Thorns head coach talked about how there's so much pressure put on these players in these huge championship games that her message all week leading up to this match to her staff was, hey, let's not put too much pressure on them. Let's not change anything up too much. Let's keep it the same. Let's just play our game. And, and hindsight's 2020 for, for us and for these teams. I think that Portland played their game. They played with a lot of confidence. And, and in a team like Kansas City, I, I think Matt Potter could have done a little bit more to say, how do we nullify the effects of a player like Sophia Smith, like Rocky Rodriguez in the midfield, like Yasmin Ryan? Because as this the the first half went on, there, there weren't that many changes made to slow down Portland and to win the ball back. Uh, of course, it's easy to look back and say that now as we recap this game, but those were some of the things that that maybe Kansas City didn't focus on heading into this game because they were so um, focused on controlling their own destiny and playing their own game. I like that. Controlling their own destiny and playing their own game. Portland Thorns, 
It's official 2022 NWSL champions. Before we close out the episode, it's been, I just want to take this time to, to thank everybody who is listening or joining us live or watching or listening at a later point in time uh, to just thank you all for being with us this year. Uh, Attacking third is, is only a year old, but coming into this season, because we got our start in July of 2021, this was our first ever NWSL regular season from start to finish. And I'm so grateful to have done this alongside you, Lisa. And I'm so thankful to everybody who who has been with us every step of the way. You all have been fantastic with your support. And to close out, we wanted to take a few questions from the chat. And we're going to do that right now. Let's uh, line them up. Thank you so much, everyone, for for joining us, dropping these questions in. This one's from Alessandro. Who's been your favorite team to watch this season? Um, This is a great question. Thanks for asking this one. I... I really liked Kansas City. I did. That's probably why I picked them to win this, right? I had a little bit of that underdog mentality of the team that is just so fun, the celebrations that they were putting together. I I liked watching this Kansas City side because of the moments that they were able to spark so much joy on the pitch in their goals, and then it it just trickled down throughout this. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas City in this one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Any team from the Midwest, right? Kansas City. <laughs> I guess that would also include Chicago Red Stars at this point. Um, Portland Thorns, without saying, uh, again, what, what Sophia Smith has done this year, period, both for club and country at this point, because I think it's it's fair to get a little more reflective, right, and broaden and widen that lens a little bit more. Again, it, it just really has. It's been incredibly, incredibly special to to witness and how she's been able to retain this form mm-hmm. on both stages again club and country so thorns for sure uh any like i said any midwest I mean, san diego red stars I, san diego too oh I was my god really impressed to watch both california teams yeah. the two expansion sides coming into this league for the first time I mean, Angel City staying relevant in the playoff yeah. conversation maybe not the picture but the conversation all the way through the final match week. Um, had so many, but those are our maybe top five, right? Top five for sure. James Miller asking, um, is anyone boosting their standing for U.S. women's national team call-up oh, after this? Sandra, what do you think? I need Adriana French back in that, those national team camps uh, immediately. And uh, quite frankly, I need to know why some of these call-ups haven't happened yeah. uh, quicker. Um, I think... Personally, again, I'm not I'm not the coaching staff and I'm definitely not someone with power in those positions. But I think coming out of the CONCACAF W Championship in July, um, after we really the the main rotation that we saw between Nair and Casey Murphy, uh, bringing in a third goalkeeper, I think should have been somebody like French. So I would love to see French back in the pool. Uh, for the U.S. women's national team. And that's 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 all I'm seeing right now in headlights. How about you? Yeah, I like that shout for sure about A.D. French. Um, tonight, maybe wouldn't get the call up. I know Vlako Anonofsky was in, in Audi field tonight watching this match, but Alex Luera, the rookie for Kansas Ugh. City, this is a player that wasn't nominated for NWSL Rookie of the Year. And I think that was uh, um, 
not a good decision at all by the league because this is a, a rookie player that has proven herself all over the pitch for Matt Potter's side, whether it's defensively higher up the field in that six. And specifically when you look at the landscape of the United States women's national team, there are a lot of question marks in the midfield, the defensive six role. We saw Jalen Howell get a few minutes in that spot. Sam Coffey, who also played tonight for Portland Thorns. She has a lot of significant minutes. And I think that, it could be Sam Coffey's role to lose mm-hmm. along with um, Andy Sullivan, who plays for Washington spirit. She's in that six role, but why not elevate that competition? Bring in a player like Alex Luera, who can play in that six role, who can even play higher up at the pitch. If you need her to, she can play across the back line in those two center back roles. I think that Luera is just such a versatile player that she deserves a call up to the U S women's national team. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I don't know if I'm, um... We're going to see for those Germany friendlies coming up in November, if we'll see more call-ups, I think the coaching staff of the U.S. team might go ahead and just keep retaining the players that they've been calling in. But if there's by chance an ID camp Mm -hmm. or those January camps that tend to have bigger rosters, why not? Next question from the Colt 45 show thought on San Diego wave FC's first year. Um, epic, epic. I mean, <laughs> you look at this expansion side, the way they came in with Casey Stoney uh, taking the, her role at the helm. And then the roster that she was able to put together, um, getting Naomi Gurma, number one draft pick. You love to see a defender being drafted number one overall. And, and the way she built her roster around a Kaylin Sheridan and goal, a Naomi Gurma, number one draft pick to an Alex Morgan, who ends up being the golden boot winner. Um, and then, a reflection of it. Casey Stoney wins coach of the year. Kaylin Sheridan wins goalkeeper of the year. Alex Morgan wins golden boot. You got Naomi Gurma who wins defender and rookie of the year. I think that this team was the complete package and the fact that they made it to the playoffs, they got to host a playoff match. Um, I, I really loved watching the San Diego team this year from the very first days, early days. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm in a hundred percent agreement. I think for everything that we've seen out of somebody like Sophia Smith doing what she has been doing for the front lines, whether it's for club or country, I don't know how you don't have that same argument or enthusiasm for somebody like a Naomi Girma in that back line. We're talking about future of this league and future of the national team. You're absolutely talking about those two players in the same breath. Yeah, I agree completely. Another question that we have, guys, keep them coming. Thank you. This one's from username. Wow, that's that's real original. Hello. <laughs> what Hello. would you say was Brian Wilkinson's most important decision in taking Portland over the top? I like this question. Oh, Sandra, man. what do you think? Most important decision. I think from the beginning, presenting challenges to a team as deep as the thorns. I mean, she started out presenting a three back to these players and they bought in and, and changed things and continued to change things up. We, we saw this team playing multiple formations this year and perhaps her background as a former player, her very calm presence and demeanor um, helped generate that type of buy-in from the players because sometimes with so many changes, there could be a little perception amongst yeah. players that that coach doesn't know what they're doing. But there was never that layer or element in terms of Wilkinson and how she was 
coaching this team. I agree completely. She challenged the IQ of these players. She even talked about Sophia Smith and and Smith wants to be the best player in the entire world. And Rian Wilkinson talked about how in order for Smith to be the best player, yeah, she needs to score goals. She needs to continue to, to work on her shot, but it's her mental side of the game that needs to continue to sharpen. And that's how she challenged these players. I mean, specifically if we look at the last two hours yeah. of, of Rian Wilkinson and Portland Thorne's life, what took them over the top? The fact that she rotated in players <laughs> yeah. like Janine Becky, Hina Sugita, uh, yeah. Crystal Dunn towards the end of this match and said, yo, let's just pile it on Kansas city. Yeah. And a really <laughs> short answer, maybe, uh, Hey, just taking Sam coffee, who was typically an attacking role. And putting yeah, her in defensive that's huge. There you go. <laughs> um, Claire dropping this one in here. Who would you have liked to see nominated for awards this year that wasn't? I already gave a shout out to Alex Loera, yeah. Kansas City rookie uh, that was not nominated. I think I would have given it to her. Also, Rian Wilkinson, not nominated for Coach of the Year. I think she could have deserved a shout. Not sure if she would have won, but I think uh, you throw that shout in there along with Laura Harvey at OL Rain, Matt Potter at Kansas City, and Casey Sonio of San Diego. I'm in a hundred percent agreement. Uh, I listen, you all know that I'm, I'm lead NWSL writer at CBS sports. I, I put it in the piece. I said, you know, who's going to be a dark horse, unfortunately, somebody like Alex Loera. And, uh, we, if if margins are narrow on the pitch, apparently they're very, Mm -hmm. very narrow in voting as well between coaches, players, media, uh, in terms of the preliminary round, determining the nominations. I can only imagine that they were very, very thin. And uh, seeing Loera and the season that she put together absolutely, I think, warranted at least a nomination. This question from Bradford saying, what do you guys think of the level of play from the first year to tonight? NWSL starting in 2013. This was the 10th year celebrated today in 2020 for this championship. Um, Sandra, I'm going to defer to you on this one. I've been around (laughs) such a long time. No, I hear you. I feel you on that. Listen, I, I loved what we've seen. This year in 2022, I think we hear it all the time. We've heard it constantly in NWSL. The narrative around this league is that it is the most competitive league in the world. And I still think that that's true even tonight. But in terms of the level of pay on the pitch, I think what we've seen this year, again, is a little bit of a reset button, a little bit of a refreshing type of soccer that we've seen throughout the the league we saw teams with head coaches who wanted to present new ideas to their players and try to execute those things on the pitch we saw potter sticking with a three back all the way through to an nwsl championship final or somebody like a a wilkinson kind of toying around and tinkering uh, along the way we heard somebody like a first year uh, head coach and winner of coach of the year casey stoney talk about coming from the women's super league in england and coming to nwsl and quickly getting a hard lesson of how transitional of a league the NWSL is, but then having to make adjustments for herself as a coach and her team. So I I love to see how far this league has come in terms of the level of play from 2013 to 2022. I think you could go back in time and see a lot of the old trends of American Mm -hmm. domestic women's soccer, which was that players were very athletic and very physical And those were the things that they relied upon. But it's not just that anymore. And now the players have rights because there's a CBA. Biggest one. Going to drop that one in there. Let's take this one from Just Your King. I believe that says, how hype was the stadium for the first primetime NWSL final? I love this question because we got to be here all week 
Washington, D.C. was buzzing. Um, the the lead up to this, the media days that were happening and all day today. I mean, the fan fest outside of Audi didn't start till 5.15, 5.30 and all day walk, walking around D.C., looking at the monuments. I went on a run this morning. Everyone was dressed in NWSL gear, whether it was Kansas City, Chicago stuff, Washington Spirit stuff, Portland stuff. Everyone was dressed to the nines in their NWSL gear. The fans showed up and they showed out. Uh, That was my experience leading up to it. And then the fan fest that the league put on was tremendous. It was over the top. There was player autograph signings. There was live shows, of course, from us at Attacking Third. JWS did one as well. There was merch from every single team in the NWSL. It it was spectacular to be here. This is my sixth NWSL final covering it in a media capacity. This is the greatest NWSL final champion uh, championship finals experience that I have ever personally witnessed, gone through, experienced, et cetera, et cetera. It was uh, outstanding, um, it, completely memorable, um, and transformational, transformational this this the entire week. It sure was. I, I loved it. Thank you, everyone, so much for your questions. Claire, uh, yeah, I go on runs. I also played pickup this morning with um, some of, of the – supporters groups that were here. I heard about it in DC. I am, I, I need to, I've got a lot of energy guys. I've got to get some of it out. Yes. We're, we're going live well into the next day. I'm always going to go for a run. I'm going to play some pickup in the morning. So thank you. And thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, this is fantastic. This was fun. I love that we were able to take a few questions. I'm sorry if we didn't get to, to yours. We saw that there was a few that dropped in there. Um, but again, this was delightful. Uh, I can't wait to, Get even more emotional about it when I get home and all reflective of the entire week leading up to this point. Lisa, we did it. We made it. We sure did. Uh, the 2022 NWSL champions were crowned Portland Thorns in a dominant 2-0 win over Kansas City Current. It's been a pleasure chatting this year with you, Sandra. Thanks so much to everyone who joined we're gonna us. We're going to sign too. off. Make sure you follow Attacking Third everywhere you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Leave us a five-star rating and review. That stuff helps us out so, so much here at the show. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Please subscribe to youtube.com slash Attacking Third. So that way you never miss out whenever Lisa and I go live because we stay live. We'll be back. <laughs> We're so excited. We'll be back. Just because the season's done doesn't mean we are. Don't worry. Roman.